welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. I want to talk this morning about something that is, is very simple. But it's, it's, I want to start a, a new series. It's called, uh, you can see here, it's called On Repeat. And uh, I don't know if you've ever, if, if you like to listen to music at home and when you get a, a new favourite song or a new favourite CD or, or album or something and you just can't get enough of it and you just want to listen to it over and over again until, I mean, obviously, eventually you get sick of it after a while probably, but well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. My kids don't ever seem to get sick of listening to the same music over and over again and uh, it kind of gets to the point where if, if you do that, who does that? Who does that? Who listens to things on repeat some of you do when you get a new favorite my kids do this and it gets like they start to be able to like sing along with all the words because you get to know the words do you do that start to sing along yeah and uh pretty soon you can you, you you're singing along and you're not even thinking about it sometimes whether or not you sing in tune that's a whole nother story but um it's a little bit like that as we sometimes we have to listen to things over and over and over again don't we before it really kind of gets into us before it really gets into our our spirit before it gets into our heart before it really gets into our mind as a as a dad who's had young kids and maybe you can identify with this but it was always the the same movies the kids would have favorite movies and uh, they'd want to watch the same ones over over again. And you'd sit down and watch a movie with them, and it'd be like, oh, we want to watch this one, or or, or a favourite book. You know, it's like with with kids, and they, you know, you go, oh, how about something different today? And no, 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 we want this one. This is our favourite. And it's like, well, we've just read it for the last thirty-seven nights in a row, or you know, we've just watched this movie, you know, every day for the last you know three months. And they're like, no, 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 that's my favourite. And so that's what this series is is a little bit about. It's about some of the things that are actually so important that we need them to be on repeat in our life we need them to be on repeat because we need to make sure that these are things that we don't forget these are things that we need to make sure that really sink into our hearts and really sink into our minds and penetrate what's going on in our in our brain or or in our heart or in our spirit you know what it's like sometimes when God gives you, a, you know, you get some sort of, whether it's a, you know, a great sermon on Sunday morning or you go away to, for, for me it was always like I go away to conferences and, you know, or, or for the youth, they're away on camp at the moment. Some of you remember what it's like to go to youth camp and you have this great encounter with God and God shows you stuff and reveals stuff to you. Maybe it's just stuff that, you know, you've had moments and you, you remember times when in your own kind of, devotional you know just reading the bible and one day god just really spoke something so clearly to you and it was like a a a revelation something that just opened your eyes to to something anew and afresh you ever had one of those moments one of the things that i find about those is that i often forget them is do do you do that as well even even sometimes amazing things sometimes even things where god does a miracle in my life, something absolutely unexplainable, um, you know, by, by any other means other than just a supernatural God, divine appointment, miracle kind of thing. 
uh, you know, or you know, provision or healing or, or something. And you know, it's five minutes later we can identify with, you know, Dory. You know, who's seen Finding Nemo? Classic. Some of you need to go home and watch it again. Obviously. <laughs> Some of you are excited by that idea. But Dory's like this character who's got like a three-second memory and every time she turns around, she's like, oh, hello, who are you again? And, you know, it's like, if you haven't seen it. But we can be like that, can't we? It's like God does something amazing and proves how faithful he is and then like five minutes later, we encounter some other kind of problem. We're like, I wonder if God can help me in this situation. I wonder if God will come through for me this time. I wonder if, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder, oh God, are you really even there? And it's kind of like we're like Dory all over again. It's like, hello? Maybe that's just me. But there are things that are so important to our faith and things that are so important to our walk with God that we actually have to actively ensure that we never forget them. We can't just kind of just, just go about life and expect that because it was obvious, because we had such a, a big thing. And this is why again and again through Scripture, God commands His people to remember things. And He actually builds into their culture and builds into their life practices and festivals and celebrations and actions and things to do in the home and things to do corporately and all these kind of things that He builds into the nation of Israel so that they will never forget who He is and what He's done for them and what He's able to do for them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is, uh, it's kind of like God speaking to the people. <laughs> he says, in the future, your children will ask, and this is kind of Moses is preaching this, but um, it's like in the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, these decrees, these regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? And he says, then you must tell them. And he goes on to, to, to talk about the things that they tell them, about how God freed them from slavery in Egypt and brought them out, provided for them, cared for them, gave them a nation, all these kinds of things. But he says, this is why I'm kind of building your culture, building your life around these, these institutes and these decrees and these festivals and these commandments so that there will be opportunities that you have when someone says, what's all this for? What does it mean? What's it about? He says, and you'll remind yourself in the telling to the next generation. God built into their lives practices. You know, it's, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, and, and we see that through the New Testament as well. We see things that are, that are, are, are instituted by God, are, are ordained by God and things that help us to remember um, what He's done and who He is. When Peter, who remembers Jesus' disciple, Simon Peter, how could you forget? Great character, such a relatable character too, isn't he? awesome guy when he writes the his second like little letter epistle thing he says therefore i will always remind you about these things even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth that you have been taught what is he saying he's saying even though you already know this stuff i'm going to tell you again why he says it's only right that i should keep on reminding you as long as i live why why is it so necessary for for peter to keep on reminding people about these things he says for our lord jesus christ has shown me that i must soon leave this earthly life so i'll work hard to make sure you always remember these things after i'm gone and peter understands the human capacity to be able to forget stuff 
You know, it's, it's, we actually have not just our own human capacity to forget stuff, but we actually have uh, a spiritual enemy who wants to make us forget stuff too, don't we? Why, why would the enemy want to make us forget stuff? Well, remembering builds up our faith, doesn't it? When we remember that things that God has done in the past, it builds up our faith. It reminds us of what God is capable of and what He is willing to do in our life. When we tell the stories about miracles, when we tell stories about transformation, when we tell stories about revelation and things that God has done, when we tell stories about miracles and and God's provision and God's faithfulness, it builds up our faith. Deuteronomy chapter 7. It says, perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? But don't be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them. You saw it all with your own eyes. And remember the miraculous signs and wonders and the strong hand and powerful arm with which he brought you out of Egypt. The Lord your God will use this same power against all the people you fear. So here's Moses and he's sending the nation into to to battle for the promised land, to, to take hold of their inheritance he knows that they're going to have to fight battles and he's, he's encouraging them, he's urging them, he's telling them, he says, when you have those moments of doubt, just like we all do when we come up against obstacles that kind of seem insurmountable, don't we? We already know, you, you remember the story about how the first time they'd kind of gone to enter the promised land and the, the, the spies had gone in and they encountered, you know, really big dudes, <laughs> the giants, you know, and they came back and they're like, oh, we can't conquer these guys. Like, we're small. You know, the whole, that's a whole other sermon in itself. But, you know, Moses is saying, you know, when you have those moments of going, who are we to come up against these, these fort, fortified cities and, and giants and great warriors with, you know, huge spears and swords and, and all the rest of it, we're just kind of like slaves out of Egypt. And he says, remember what God did for you. Remember how God brought you out. Remember how God has defeated your enemies in the past. And sometimes we need that same kind of urging, don't we? We need that same kind of thing that says, remember what God has done. And as we do that, it builds up our faith. All right, so that's what this series is about. It's about those things, the the words, the things that God says, the, the ideas, the principles, the stuff that God says that we need to have on repeat in our lives. that cool? And what I want to share this morning is, is the, I guess, the first one of these, and I think one that's really important, but it's often one that every one of us probably here would give mental assent to. We would say, oh yeah, I know that. I've heard that, read it, know it. But so often, we have moments all the time when we kind of realize that it hasn't really sunk in here. Like we know it here, but we don't know it here. And that's this. You are loved. 
we sing about it all the time, don't we? We sing songs, you know, you know we, we were kind of singing songs that, about, how, about our love for God and how worthy God is of, of our devotion and our adoration. But we also sing songs about how much God loves us, how He's called us to be His children. And it seems like a really kind of simple thing. We all go, well, yeah, duh, of course. Like, I know that. And, and I do the same thing. I go, oh, yeah, I know that. God loves me. You know, He died for me, forgave me, all those kind of things. And it seems really simple, but let me, let, let me make this statement. You have no idea how much God loves you. You don't. You are, you are incapable of comprehending the depth of God's love for you. You're incapable. I'm incapable. We're all incapable of really comprehending. We cannot comprehend that without fully comprehending God, which we cannot do. Every, uh, every experience that we've ever had, every moment, every, every illustration, every analogy, every example, every moment that we've felt really loved is, is a drop in the ocean of how God feels for us. Um, there's a, a, a scripture that uh, we were at a conference a few weeks ago and uh, Pastor Joe Habermill, who's the lead pastor at Hope Central Church and a, a good friend of ours and our, our state chairman, he shared a, a number of messages but he was talking about God's love for us and he shared a scripture that I'd, I'd not really looked at much or understood much before from Song of Songs. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's one of those, it's a very poetic, I, I'm not a poetry kind of guy, so it's not a book that I read very often. But we have, uh, if you've never read it, it's a, kind of the, the story of a young man, the, the, the lover and a young woman, the beloved, and kind of their, their courtship and things that kind of go between them and there's friends in there and there's all these kind of he uses all this very colorful language to describe that well they use colorful language to describe each other and you know hair like flax and teeth like goats and I don't know I can't remember it all some of it's weird uh, and not things that I would encourage any young men or women to say to each other these days because <laughs> it would just sound strange um, you know but he said in Song of Songs chapter 6 because it's an, it's an allegory and we often understand, we usually understand that the, uh, the lover is God and we are the beloved. But there's some words in, in chapter 6 verse 4 and it's the young man or it's God speaking about his beloved and that's us. And he says, you are beautiful my darling, like the lovely city of Tirzah. Yes, as beautiful as Jerusalem, as majestic as an army with billowing banners how would you like that ladies to be described as a like an army with billowing banners that's pretty romantic isn't it but this next line he says turn your eyes away for they overpower me and this is what God says to us have you ever had one of those moments when you know, whether it's someone you love or someone you care about just looks at you in that way. And just in that moment, it just makes you, like, you, your heart just bursts and you're overwhelmed with love for that person. You just want to make everything right and you just want to make their pain go away and you just want to, you just want to fix everything. 
Maybe that's a guy thing, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know, I, like, uh, there's been moments with, uh, with, with people that I care about, with my kids, sometimes with my kids, when especially when they're little, not so much anymore, but and big and they don't look at me quite the same ways but sometimes when they were little and you know and they'd be hurt or you know they'd be upset about something and they'd just look at me like you know like daddy can't you just fix it and this is how God looks at you with this kind of this passion this kind of love that's like a fire and he talks about it you can, I encourage you to, to read some of the, the language and, and listen to some of the ways that the Holy Spirit inspired Solomon to write these things about how God feels about you. So, so I want to just kind of share some things that maybe just... And, and most of these things you go, yep, I know that, I know that. But I want to really allow, I encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart this morning to remind you of some of these things that you've heard before. But I want to encourage you. You are loved. Firstly, you were imagined. Do you ever think about, have you ever thought about that, that that God dreamed you up before he created you? That God was kind of there and he was kind of thinking about what kind of people he's going to create and he thought of you. He, he dreamed you up, he planned you. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, even before he made the world, that's before Genesis, before the creation, before the animals, before Adam and Eve, before Abraham, before Noah, before all of that stuff, Paul writes and he says, God loved us, God loved you. And chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You were dreamed up and, and imagined by, by a, a, an infinite creator God long before you ever appeared on the scene. You were imagined. But you were also carefully crafted. Sometimes we don't feel like we've been so carefully crafted, do we? Sometimes we feel like we've got lumps and bumps in the wrong places, uh, <laughs> creaks and groans uh, in places that, that should be strong and, and all those kind of things. But, you know, God, God designed you. God crafted you with purpose and with intent. It wasn't accidental. Now, I know sometimes we kind of look at the outward shell and, you know, think, God, what were you doing? What were you thinking? But, you know, we've got to apply this to not just to our outward shell, but to who we are as a person, the essence of, uh, you know, our, our hopes and our dreams and our strengths and our weaknesses and our, our personality and our, you know, all those kind of things that make us who we are. Our leadership team has been looking at different kind of temperaments lately and looking at different types of people and those who are extroverted and outgoing and those who are kind of introverted but creative and those who are leaders take charge kind of people and those who like to kind of go with the flow and and all those every temperament every personality type every kind of uh, person that there is has strengths and weaknesses you know but 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 none of them are bad or wrong none of them are to be avoided or looked at as less than they're just different and our God is creative and he designed you with purpose and the person that you are was created with intent. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. We were not a, some, you know, some of those modern art sculptures that look like somebody threw a whole bunch of stuff together and it stuck. You know, you're not like that. <laughs> you know, you, you are a masterpiece. You are a, a beautiful creation. It says he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. You were carefully crafted. You were also chosen. You were chosen. First Peter 2 verse 9 says, For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And just in case you're thinking like I used to think that he's obviously writing to the Jews, he's actually not. This, this letter from Peter was not written to Jews. It was written to Gentiles scattered all around the, the Asia region around where Turkey is. This is not written to Jews. He's not saying the Jews are a chosen people. He's saying you who are in Christ, who have been transformed and made new and welcomed and brought into the kingdom of God, are a chosen people. You're a chosen race. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation. You are God's possession. And if you have accepted Jesus as your, as your saviour and, and as your king, and if you're living for him and following him, then this includes you. You have been chosen. You are, you are a chosen people. You are a chosen person. You were ransomed. Every person has sinned. Everyone has, has fallen away. Uh, Isaiah says we've, we've all chosen to do our own thing. All like sheep, we've gone astray, um, done our own thing sin in our life and we had to be brought back the scripture talks about this this idea of being redeemed or ransomed purchased back from sin with a high price not with gold or silver look at this in first peter 1 verse 18 and 19 for you know that god paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. This is the price that God paid for you. You were ransomed. Your salvation was celebrated. When you came to Christ, there was a party in heaven. Did you know that? When you received Him as your Saviour. Do you think about that? It's an interesting thought, isn't it? I know sometimes we talk, you know, this next verse I'm going to put up um, from Luke 15. This is from the story of the lost sheep. We know this one, don't we? It says, In the same way there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. And I, I hope that you, like me, get really excited when somebody comes to know Jesus and gives their life to Jesus for the first time. That is an exciting moment and we ought to celebrate that. We ought to rejoice. We ought to jump up and down and cheer. But you know what? There were people who were jumping up and down and rejoicing and cheering and shouting when you accepted Christ. And maybe you didn't see them But even if, even if no, but no human people were, there were, you know, God was rejoicing. Angels were rejoicing because you had passed from death into life. Your salvation 
was celebrated. You are forgiven. I was going to write, you were forgiven, but I thought it's probably actually better to write, you are forgiven. <laughs> Everything that you've done, every sin, every, every mistake, everything, you've missed the, the mark, every time you, you kind of didn't do what God asked you to do or you did what He told you not to do, all of those things, He's, he's wiped it clean, He's wiped the slate clean, He's, he's credited you with, with all of Jesus' righteousness. You have been forgiven, you are forgiven. Luke 15, we know the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. I just want to just read a couple of verses just from the end. It says, For his father said to the servant, this is at the end of the story when the son has finally repented and, and come back in humility to the father and he's ready to just be a slave in dad's house because that's better than uh, you know, eating pig food and living in the muck. And he comes back expecting to be chewed out. He's expecting to be scolded. He's expecting to be rebuked and put down. But this is the father's response. The father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. And that wasn't just because his clothes smell bad. <laughs> he says, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. This is the response of the Father. This is the response of the one who knows our every mistake, who knows how foolish we've been. And he welcomes us back and says, bring the finest robe in the house. Put the ring of authority on his finger and, and shoes of the house on his feet. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. My son, my daughter was lost and is now found. You have been forgiven and welcomed into the family. You don't have to work to pay off all of that stuff. You don't have to try to earn forgiveness. It is given freely. It's, you know... You are protected. When we think about people who love us, often we think about people who want to watch out for us, don't we? People who care for us, people who watch over us. You know, as kids we had, well, some of us, maybe not all of us, but um, many of us had parents who protected us. Sometimes there were things they protected us from that we didn't even understand or know about. <laughs> we maybe we didn't always appreciate it at the time but they protected us and, and cared for us nonetheless. Now, being protected doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen. Being protected doesn't mean that you'll never suffer hardship or pain. doesn't mean that you'll never be broke, unfortunately. doesn't mean that you'll never go through difficult circumstances. After all, Jesus suffered, didn't he? He was loved and protected by the Father. Let's look at a couple of verses that maybe will help us to understand what this means a little bit more. John chapter 10, verse 27. This is where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd and, his, and us who are his sheep, his people. He says, My sheep listen to my voice. 
I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. That's what Jesus says about us. We're the ones that Jesus has given eternal life to, aren't we? Remember Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is talking about here. He's not just talking about the ones who were with him at the time. He's talking about those who would come after. He's talking about us. He's saying the ones who, you know, he's given us eternal life and no one can snatch us away from him. You are protected. How do we know that? How can we have confidence in that? Because the Father is more powerful than anyone else. We serve a God whose word is law and what he says goes. And there is no one who can stand against him. There is no one who can contradict him. There is no one who can overthrow him. It's good news, isn't it? 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. He will strengthen you and guard you or protect you from the evil one. When God fights for us, we have the strength to stand against the evil one. We have the strength to stand against everything that he can throw at us. He protects us uh, in that spiritual dimension because we belong to Him. The, the one area of our life that really matters, the one area that has eternal consequences. I mean, money is here today and gone tomorrow, especially if it's in my pocket. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it's often here today and gone today, but, you know. <laughs> uh, that, but it's temporary, Circumstances are temporary. Pain, suffering, physical sickness, they're things that are temporary. Yes, it, it's difficult in the moment. Yes, we, we suffer at times. You know, but one day, God says it's all going to be wiped away. None of it will matter anymore. And the only thing that will matter is whether or not we're with Him. You are protected and while we could probably make a longer list than this, this is the last one that I have for today. Your needs have been met. Those who love us. Well, God loves us and he wants to provide for us. He wants to provide for you. Maybe you know that. Maybe you need to be reminded about that. I need to be reminded about that regularly. That God is my provider. Philippians 4 verse 19, Paul is writing, he's writing about how, you know, he's content with whatever, you know, he's learned to be content in every circumstance, whether he's got lots or whether he's got nothing and he's encouraging the Philippians and he's thanking them for the, the gift that they've sent to him and he says this and he says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus you know what he says there he says his glorious riches have been given to us past tense did you notice that it says god has already supplied every need 
that you will ever have. Peter says something similar in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You've already got it. You know, sometimes I've, in, in the past, there have been times, and, and maybe you've, you can relate because maybe you've prayed something similar, but in the past I've prayed, you know, words along the lines of, God, I just want more of you. Anybody ever prayed that? Yeah. I kind of stopped praying that because I realized that I've already got it all. I just have to figure out how to, to let it be in control. I have to figure out how to walk with the Spirit and let the Spirit reign and how to, let, how to release that in my life and how to be obedient to it and surrender to it instead of trying to do things my way. But God has given us everything that we need, already given it to us in Christ. You are loved. And the greatest thing about this is that it isn't determined by what you say or do or, or have done. It isn't determined by whether or not you deserve it. It isn't determined by your circumstances. It's not a, one of those things where it's like if you've, you know, you've got this or you've done that, then you qualify and you, you know, whatever. You are loved. It's not even conditional upon salvation because God loved us before we ever even knew Him. God loved us, called us, desired us. You know, there are some of those things that come after salvation. Yes, the forgiveness and, and all that stuff that comes after salvation. But you were loved, like Paul said in Ephesians, before the creation of the world. That's, I'm pretty sure for most of you, that was before you became a Christian, right? <laughs> Anybody older than that? Anybody predate the creation of the world? No. <laughs> you were loved from the beginning. You were designed and called with purpose. Now we had a choice about how we responded to that love, but you were loved. Passionately, wholeheartedly. With that kind of like we read before, that kind of love that overwhelms the heart of God. It blows me away. In John chapter 15, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he was talking about, this is the, the passage where he talks about being the vine and they're the branches and you know, he says, if you want to be uh, fruitful, if you want to be healthy, if you want to grow, says the branches need to be connected to the vine but he says this in john 15 verse 9 he says i've loved you even as the father has loved me he says remain in my love it's like jesus is saying to us it's like you need to continually understand you need to continually have on repeat in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit the love that jesus has for you because we need to live out of that, not try to, to work our way into it. It says if we want to live lives that are, that are healthy, if we want to live lives that are fruitful, we need to continually be in that place where we understand how much we are loved. 
There are a lot of voices in your life that compete for your attention. Isn't there? There's the voice of the enemy. We talked about that. Wants to distract you away from the things that God has done for you. Wants to make you forget and focus on other stuff. There's the voice of our culture. Always speaking things into our life, trying to convince us, trying to shape our thoughts, shape our attitudes, shape our mindsets. There's even our own uh, internal voice that often is born out of our experiences, born out of whether they're positive or negative. Often the things that our internal voice tells us come out of hurts of the past or fear or insecurity or doubt or anger or just plain ignorance, just not knowing stuff. It makes stuff up. There's the voice of God who calls out to us who whispers in that still small voice and says, you are loved. You are forgiven. You are chosen. You are called. You are washed clean by the blood of Jesus. You are carefully crafted. You are mine. What are the voices that we're listening to? What place are we giving to that voice? in our life. I want to encourage you to be intentional about having those words that God speaks over you on repeat in your mind and in your heart until it begins to drown out every other every other voice. Until it begins to drown out. You know what it's like when you get one of those Songs and it just gets in your head and it's like you can't think of anything just going around and around and around. You know, some people call it an earworm. It <laughs> and it just... You can't get it out of your head. You ever had one of those moments? Sometimes it's annoying because we don't actually like the song, but... <laughs> But this is what, you know, when, when we allow God's word and be intentional about actually making that something that, that happens in our life, playing it over and over, choosing to, to, to hit repeat on that stuff and focus on that stuff, meditate on that stuff. This, this is what scripture says, uh, what, what scripture means when it says meditate on God's word. It means put it on a loop, go over and over and over it again till it penetrates. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you cared about us. You loved us so deeply, so passionately because we were created by you. God, you you created us, you formed us, you designed us, you imagined us long before the beginning of the world. Lord, we thank you that you watch over us and you care for us and you provide for us. Lord, regardless of what we've done, Lord, you choose to love us, not because we deserve it or because we're worthy of it, but because you are good, because you are a loving Father who has welcomed us into your family. Lord, I pray this week that as we allow these words to to repeat in our mind, 
that as we allow these words to, 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 to play over and over again in our thoughts and in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, God, we pray that they would, they would penetrate deeply. They would penetrate deep into us and, and begin to shape who we are. That we would be the, the beloved children of the King. Lord, sometimes it's easy to allow those other voices to begin to speak in, to, be, to begin to listen to them. The ones that say we're imposters, the ones that say, you know, we don't really belong, the ones that say we've done too much for God, too, too many things wrong for, for God to really love us, that we're too flawed, that we're too broken for God to really love us. Lord, I pray that you would begin to banish those thoughts that we would begin to, to replace them with what your word says, with the truth that you declare over us. Father, we thank you for those words that you are speaking right now into each one of our hearts. You are loved. Holy Spirit, would you begin to break down the things that have prevented us from receiving those words? Those voices of the past, those wounds of the past, those hurts, those fears, those insecurities, the anger, the, all of those things in the past that have got in the way of us really receiving that. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to identify those things for us and, and give us strength and courage to, to let go of those things, to break those things down and allow your truth to take hold, to allow your truth to be what is on repeat in our minds. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.